Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Well, I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, and I want to, Antonio and I were talking a little bit about this principle in 1 Kings chapter 20. And um, so inreach is exactly that. It's one word, it's care, right? It's care, and it's caring for the flock of God. And, you know, we're overseers in the sense where we're looking and having a vision for people's lives. And, and that's something we've been talking about today a little bit. I had a pastor ask me this question a few years ago, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. He said, because it's very easy to be busy in ministry, like very easy to be busy, doing, doing, doing. But it's a whole other thing to be building, right? Mm -hmm. Building someone up uh, or having a vision for their life. So this pastor said to me, he says, do you have a vision for that person's life? Because I was ministering to some people. And, and I thought to myself, I said, no, I don't. I, I really am just kind of seeing that person in the now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of meeting an immediate need. But the long-term outlook I didn't have. And it, right. it stopped me dead in my tracks. And I thought, Lord, I just need to pray, not just meet the need, but I need to pray and have the long look. So I want to talk a little bit about that tonight, just encourage us, because um, we don't know what we need for people. And this is, I love what you opened up with. It's like we need prayer to be equipped to minister life and love and even just hearing your story ministers to me greatly because uh, that's personal care, is listening, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I just think of my brother, I think of uh, Jeremiah 3.15, God gives people, pastors, uh, caregivers after his own heart. And just looking at our nation, I mean, you share your story about COVID. Um, there's a lot of brokenness happening right now, and it's like, who is caring for my soul? Who is praying for me? Um, who is shepherding me? This has been a kind of a big word in my mind for the last year. We have a lot of good preachers, and we need preachers, but where are the shepherds? Where are the people that are interceding, calling you up, having you in the heart? Like, that is not natural, right? That's supernatural, and that's... Yeah, so I want to... What's that? Yeah, it, it is supernatural. Balancing life, you know, with their wife, daughters, kids. <laughs> it is. It's, well, let me show you this. It's an interesting passage here in First Kings chapter 20. It's actually kind of a, an interesting story, and maybe it's something that you know, but I want to I cherry pick a little bit out of it. Okay, that would kind of bring... So I want you to think this weekend, I want to talk about building. Like, not just doing, right? Doing is being busy with things short term. Um you know, kind of like having this idea of meeting the immediate crisis, but but going going deeper than that, it's building, it's long term, it's it's this long look, it's having a vision, it's it's seeing that person their potential, it's seeing that person uh, their value, um, and uh, so in verse okay, First Kings chapter twenty, interesting story. Uh, so we see there's a man involved here in verse, uh, you know, let me just um, read this here. Uh, okay. 
And the king passed by. This is verse 39. Now as the king passed by, he cried out to the king and said, Your servant went out into the midst of the battle, and there a man came over and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man. If by any means he is missing, your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. While your servant was busy, here and there he was gone. Mm. Now this story I've heard many times, and it always convicts me, and I just want to kind of bring out some points today. He says, Then the king of Israel said unto him, So shall your judgment be, you yourself have decided it. So he goes on to he goes on to say that the man that was guarded was actually the king's enemy, right? Mm -hmm. And that the king had personal interest in in holding on to this man. But I want to think about it in regards to investment. And he says, because you have lost this man, your life will be for his life. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, mm -hmm. what a great picture of ministering to the body. Now, in Baltimore, we're part of a large ministry in Baltimore that um, we see people come and go every day, just like we've seen in this church and every church that's, that's on the planet. You're, you're not going to retain everybody. It's just impossible. Uh, and you have people for seasons, right? And that's beautiful, too. And we hope people would, would grow with us. We hope people would continue with us. Uh, but we get busy. We get busy. And life is, life is busy. I have an eight-year-old, so... I can't imagine your world. I mean, you guys are incredible. How many kids? Four? I think so. Five? I think so. Ten? <laughs> Let's ask the wife. Okay. I mean, four amazing kids. So I have one child, and um, my wife's a hero behind the scenes, but busyness can happen. And, and I don't want to, like, I don't want us to be introspective, but life happens, right? And we can lose what God has prepared in this sense where we can miss what he's doing. We can, mm -hmm. we can miss um, the good. Uh, we can miss the great for what is just good. We can kind of grab a hold of things that are ministering to us, but we actually miss what God is doing. I don't know about you. Uh, that can happen very easily sometimes through distraction. But I just want us to kind of look at this story in regards to care so Jeremiah 3.15, God gives caregivers or pastors or shepherds after his own heart. And that's what we hope you'll discover in this ministry, and I know you will, uh, is because Pastor Adam's amazing. You've got an amazing family, or my brother and many others, that they are authentic. They are they're transparent. They're the real deal, you know. And uh, there's no imposters, which is, which is beautiful. So... Look with me here in Psalm 142. So, your life for their life. I think if I think about like if I think that way about my congregation, it's going to change the way I minister to my congregation. Right? It's not going to just be something I do once a week. You know, Pastor Adam mentions teams. We have uh, th there are so many dynamics in a church that only God can equip you. Right? I mean. Antonio does a beautiful job with our new people, our small groups. Uh, he's really a right arm. I don't know if he realizes it. In so many ways, he's a discipler. But getting people under the burden in the right sense, like to care for people. Because people, I, I think more than ever, and I think COVID, like you said, 
Franz, like it showed you something like isolation. It showed um, the brevity of life. Where um, it showed us like, okay, what's important? You know, what's important? Um, redeeming the time. You know, th- these are these are huge things. Well, Psalm one forty two shows us something very interesting too. So the tragedy of First Kings was the person that was given a responsibility got too busy, right? They, they got distracted, and, and I'm sure we all could say that. Life just gets busy. But the non-essentials, like we were saying today, like there are some non-essentials in, in ministering to people, and that's that they would be loved and care, cared for the way that God would care for them. Now, we, we're not capable of that. Only God can equip us with that, right? And this is the beautiful thing. As we pray for people, right? As we pray, God will say, okay, I'm going to highlight and give you what you need to minister effectively to that person. So one size doesn't fit all, you know? I like that. We need time. Yeah. important to me for us personally, for my wife and kids. Yeah. That's nice to give you time. Prophecy. That's so good. I don't even wear a watch, you know. I don't wear a watch. I mean, God controls time. I was okay. You know, I was in the pharmacy before pharmacy. I was a corporate, you know. I was mm-hmm. over 250 people. I was in the union, all that. But, you know, pager, cell phone, cell phone. But when I said, you know, God bless me in my own business, I'm not going to wear a watch. Wow. It's just... God controls time, you know. Sometimes they give you like a five-year anniversary, you get this watch, you get that watch, but not for me. Wow, that's... My, my you're in a whole other level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we're late, that's, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys beat me here, so you're doing pretty we're good. Time. Yeah. That's, that's really I'm important the time. God controls time, yeah. redeeming time. Yeah. Okay, well, let me show you something interesting. Uh, that's good to know. I mean... Time is the only, it's, the, it's a not a renewable resource for right. sure, you know. We can't get our time back. So you're redeeming the time tonight. Um, all right, one time, look at Psalm 142. This is an interesting, there are three things that show that we are, we have a vision for someone's life. And, and I don't want us to get like ultra introspective thinking because mm-hmm. it's, it's impossible to have to be 100%, 100% of the time. It's impossible to have a vision for so many people. Uh, God has to put people in your heart, right? And this is, we're going to see this here in a minute. Like God will give you somebody. God will give you, maybe put a ministry in your heart. Maybe he'll put a burden in your heart. And God is saying, I want you to be the caretaker. I don't want you to do 25 things. I want you to do two things, and I want you to do it well. And um, multitasking is great, but doing half the energy in all these different uh, ways, it just doesn't have impact. And that's one thing with um, within Reach in Baltimore is we asked our team over Christmas, what do we do well? What do we do well? And so a few things were brought up, and I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to focus. We're, we're not going to do 25 things. We're going to do five things and do them well. Mm-hmm. And, and here's, a, here's an example. All right. Um, so Psalm 142, David is saying, in verse 3, he says, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, and that happens, right? You knew my path. You knew my path. You knew it. You knew my path. So one of the greatest projections is when we go through difficulties, it's like nobody knows, nobody cares, nobody understands. 
But David is saying, Lord, when I was overwhelmed, you knew exactly where I was. That's in Psalm 139, 1 through 10 as well. But notice what else happens. Um, uh, In the the way in which I walk, they have secretly set a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and saw there was no one who acknowledged me. Uh, Refuge failed me, and no one cared for my soul. Okay, we've all said those words, haven't we? We have, if if we're honest. So... When people come into our church, sometimes people can be in one of those spheres, right? They can be, nobody knows where I'm at, I'm overwhelmed, uh, I'm kind of lost, uh, there's, there's warfare against my life or resistance or problems, nobody really acknowledges me, really nobody sees the real me, refuge fails me, I'm homeless. <laughs> it's amazing, like, that kind of spirit in the church, like, I'm in the church, but I'm lonely, or I'm no, there's no friends, or I'm, I'm so full of activity, but there's no progress. I talked to a seasoned believer recently, and they said that statement to me. They said, not all activity is progress. And that statement, that statement really hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought, I'm like, okay, Lord, am I busy or am I building, right? Am I an architect? Am I, am I like... Am I just throwing mud on the wall and see what sticks? Or am I actually putting brick on brick, Hmm. right? Like, is this a premeditated, pre-prayed, and faith step? So I'm just sharing some personal thoughts tonight that encourage me. I looked on my right hand, and there was no one uh, that cared for my soul. So why I'm bringing up these verses is this is the work of the church right here, right here. In, in regards to caregiving. It's that you and I, and, and I believe you know, we are doing this. This is not in, in any regard to say we're not doing it, but that we are loving people into their place. So when the word comes, there's growth, right? And I think, as Antonio and I were talking today, it's progressive. It's like people walk into the church and they have their own concept and and maybe they're in one of these four spheres. Nobody cares for me, right? Mm-hmm. I had a past, and, 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 and a failure this, failure that, and I've been hurt here, disappointed. Uh, we were with a group in Atlanta recently, and a, and a man was kind of going over his story, and it was a complicated story. And I listened to him for like 40 minutes, and I just, then I was just like, okay, I'm sorry those things happened to you, and I cannot fix those things. But... Jesus cares for you. I care for you. We care for you. Can we step into a new place and have God write a new story in your life? And this person's just responded so beautifully. Um, but God cares for our soul. So that overwhelmingness doesn't, doesn't cause us to be um, stuck. It causes us to go to the person of Christ. It, it brings us to Christ and get the help and the answers and the care that we need. You ever gone into a hotel and you ordered room service, right? Anybody do that? Once or twice? I do it at home. You order at home, okay. You ever, you ever okay, okay, can't touch that. Can't touch that. Uh, my wife does amazing. I can't touch that. Anyway. 
uh, and you order something and, and, it, and you get it and it's not what you ordered. Yes. And then you're calling, and they, hey, you know, yeah. my food is cold or, you know, I wanted a cheeseburger and you gave me a Reuben sand or something. And you're like, you're, it's like you're not getting what you asked for. Right. So that's life. Life happens like right. that. But God's response is, I'm going to give you everything that you need. And what I provide for you will define your need. So that's kind of an interesting point there. What I provide for you will be exactly what you need. So here's David lost. He's lost a little bit. And notice what he says here. He says, then I cried out to the Lord and said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison that I might praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you have dealt bountifully with me. That's the work of the church, isn't it? Like, I can't change anybody, nor can you. But we can preach a gospel that is life-transforming and love changes us. We bring them into the church, and there's worship, and there's investment, there's friendship, there's navigating through difficulties. And what happens? Our souls are taken out of prison. I mean, how many people are in prison today uh, emotionally or, or uh, just in prison to their past, right? And they come into the church, and God says, I know you. I recognize where you've been. I care about you. You're not homeless. I've given you, given you people for your life. And what happens? There's, like, transformation. There's joy. There is a building, a building. So I love that. I love that, that, um, that God is giving and shepherding us according to his, his beautiful plan. Um, can I share a couple more? You all right if we keep going? Okay. All right, so building. All right, so let's look at, let's look at um, Jude for a minute. I love this passage. So one of the things that we're always learning... You know, we get calls and people have needs, and needs are a great way for God to show himself faithful. You ever been in a situation where the need is so great, you have, like I was on the phone with somebody and they had so many issues, and I just said to them, I don't know how I can help you. <laughs> like, honestly, I never say that, but this was like a dramatic, a traumatic situation. I said, let's just pray. I do. Like, isn't it amazing how God reduces us to prayer? And it's kind of funny, that's where we should start, like Antonio was saying. And we just prayed. We just prayed for 15 minutes, and um, God is working. God is working. All right. All right, let's look at this here in Jude chapter 21, or Jude 21, excuse me. And we see this word, um, verse 20. But you, beloved, and, no, and notice again how God is treating his church. It's not just people are just numbers, or people are just some abstract... Um, anomaly, but that we're beloved. We're beloved. And so the atmosphere of the church is full of love. Not this love without truth, not sentimentality, but love in truth. It means it's speaking to the depth of us. Um, he says, build up, building up yourselves in the most holy faith. Like, and I love this. It talks, about, it talks about an edifice being brick by brick to uh, establish you 13.9 of Hebrews and grace, but also to build a structure inside of you. So, so coming to church can be like, I come and just, 
it's emotional, devotional. I, I tickle my ears and I kind of check the box. I've been in church. Mm-hmm. It can be like that, a religious duty. Or it can be, God, what are you going to build in me today so I'm an overcomer next week? Or I'm thinking with you this week. Or I am seeking you this week. Or I am finding you this week. I'm thinking with you this week. Uh, we were with a brother today. Um, amazing, amazing how God's uh, reconciled his heart and he's making amazing decisions. Something is being built in him, right? After COVID, right? Something was built in you. And, um, you, know, some, you know, we go through t- tests and there's a testimony, right? We go through our message and there's a me- uh, we go through our mess and there's a message. All right. Last verse here. Look at Romans 15. This is a great verse. So, I mean, there's a lot of technical methodology we could talk about tonight. But, I mean, I just like to talk about the heart of inReach because God will show you the, the how when you know the why. Right? Why do I do what I do? Like, why are we here tonight? We're here to know the Lord, right? Like, do not glory in anything else but to know me, right? In Jeremiah, where is that? Jeremiah 9? Yeah, it's a beautiful verse. Anyway. All right. Romans 15, 13. Notice this. This is a great verse. So we have a unique example. We have a unique opportunity. Um, A brother was telling me recently that um, we're in a season to gather the remnant. And I thought, what a great statement to gather the remnant. People, like the day is dark, right? John chapter 9, you know, the, the night is far spent. No one's kidding each other. We're in a neo-pagan world where paganism is very real. And the church is asleep for the most part. And not always, but in the most part, the, 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 the slide is is apathy and lasciviousness. But what a beautiful thing to be preaching the gospel and gathering those that are maybe have wandered or maybe that need to be encouraged, uh, that need to be known, loved, cared for. But not, not cared for so that we could live for ourselves, but that we could live for each other, right? And that's, I think that's a big point. The gentleman we were talking with today, and I'm going to save his name, but... He literally said that God rescued him from his, from his weakness so that he could turn around and have a ministry to those in that same weakness. And that's, that's like we're not, we're not here for self-edification. We're here, for, uh, we're here to be empowered to build other people, to build, right? Long look, long legacy, uh, something that's not just an immediate thing, but it will last uh, lasts for, forever, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think of Micah here. He's 14. How old are you, Micah? 13, right? So I think back when I was 13, my parents, and you have, got, you have awesome parents for sure, but I remember my parents, they would take us soul winning and, and I would observe things. We would do visitation and, and it was, I was a young kid and I didn't know what was going on, right? But I remember it to this day and I think to myself, something was built in my life Something was deposited in my life. Something was uh, guarded as sacred, and it 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 took over my life. Really, it's uh, it's a beautiful testimony. So, all right, great verse here, fifteen thirteen. 
Um, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is the atmosphere of the church, right? The action of the church is love, but the atmosphere is hope, right? And I think when people lose hope, uh, the infrastructure of somebody deteriorates, doesn't it? Suicide, depression, uh, mental illness. Mental illness is like off the scale. Like in Baltimore, we are. It is like uh, in, incredibly increased. But, but when a person has hope, right, they're in touch with their eternal purpose. They're in touch with something greater than them. And, and actually, the definition of hope is defined in this verse. It says uh, that the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And I, I, for me, that defines hope. Like, I have peace in believing him. So somebody walks in my church, I don't know them, uh, but what do we do? We are believing God for them. We are praying to God for them, and we're uh, just loving them, praying for them, serving them, and maybe we don't, we don't have any conversation with them, maybe. Maybe we're not the person, uh, but we, we recognize them as a gift, and we say, uh, Lord, make me available and give me a vision uh, let me call them. Let me let me ask them. Like, how can I be praying for them? Like, take interest in them, mm-hmm. and that that will produce a joy the next time I see them, right? Mm-hmm. Because why? There's been expectation. There's been there's been something built in my heart. Like, I'm longing to see you again, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like we see in Tim, uh, Titus and Timothy. Anyway, just to close, hope. Like hope is not a strategy. Hope is really a confidence in God that He's working. And no matter how, how, how hard we work and we don't see anything come to pass, it doesn't mean nothing's happening. How does that go? Uh, let me see. One person said it like this. The, oh, I don't know if I can remember it. The evidence of... Ev- uh, anyway, I have to think about it. It's a play on words. But there's evidence even though we don't see it. God is working always. He really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, our prayers, our prayer... Our, our words of faith, our countenance, um, the way you greeted us tonight, very warm, very encouraging. Um, the church can be a very stiff place. People can have oatmeal on their face. They're just, I don't know what to say. It's like, you got to, pro- you know, oatmeal. Take the oatmeal off your face. Uh, it's like, but there's joy in your lives. Michelle has joy. You guys have joy. I mean, I had such a great time with you today in your house. It's like we were, you, hospitality is receiving somebody in your space. It's like, as they are, right? Yeah. All right, so I'll close with this, but peace in believing. I just think the church is really a refuge. Mm-hmm. I had no refuge. Well, do you have a, a spiritual community? I've t- I talked to a brother recently whose family's kind of, his family's kind of fallen up. His natural family's kind of been so complicated and so fragile. I said, this is why we need a spiritual family. Mm-hmm. I know in my life, um, I have a great family, but uh, with the whole landscape of this present uh, world, there's been divisions. And uh, <laughs> so I don't look for my family for refuge. I look, I mean, not my immediate family, I should clarify that, but my extended family. I look to the scripture. I look to the, I look to the family of God. Mm-hmm. Where, where our common denominator is something greater than ourselves, it's Jesus. It's the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, so this week I want to talk about just how to build, be a spiritual architect. You know, we have a brother in the church. Remember uh, Pastor Canino, Ed Canino? He'd He'd see the project done. He'd map it out. He'd measure it out. He'd He'd consider the materials. He was just he could he would map out a way. Uh, the why was obvious, and then the how was presented as he dreamed it with God. And I just think that's what people are about, right? The lost coin in the Gospels. We turn over everything. We leave the ninety-nine, go after the one. We're on our knees for people, and God is working. And God and and God says, "Okay, I, I want you to." Um, Send a card. I want you to send a, make a phone call. Send a text. Um, greet them. Uh, one thing we're big about is if someone tells you to pray for them, pray for them, but also follow up and ask them how it how's it going. Right? Mm. Not forgetting, which is a which is an action of the Holy Spirit for us to remember. But building, building, building like one thing after another. Right? You look at the. You look at the pyramids, right? One brick, right? One slab. Um, Yeah, so God help us, amen. Lord, help us, God. Give us a heart for people. Give us your heart, your eyes, your ears, your spirit, Lord. We don't have it. So we ask that you'd pour it in, Lord. And uh, we want to just, just like you sent your son and built something eternal in us, we know that each word, each step, each action, each, each reaction, uh, Lord, help us to just by faith see you build something eternal in our life, eternal faith, eternal peace, eternal hope. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. It's, it's these essentials we want to focus on, not just being busy, but we want to focus in on the, on the main thing and, and do that with our whole hearts. Lord, help us, we pray. And again, as was prayed, really bless the church here. Thank you. It's one person at a time. It's it's not it's not crowds and crowds and crowds of people, even though that's awesome. But it's the quality of the faith of the one and the atmosphere of faith to grow and to minister our faith, Lord. So thank you tonight. Thank you for this time in the word and bless our fellowship now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.